Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So this morning and in our series to come, I want to talk with you about leverage. Can you say leverage? Leverage. Can you say it like you mean it? Leverage. So leverage is essentially this concept of being able to uh, get the most out of what you have. And so the idea behind leverage uh, goes a lot of ways. Leverage is when, how you use a hammer. When you're pulling out a nail, you use the end of a hammer and you get leverage because you, you uh, um, lean against the, the fulcrum and you um, pull out that nail. When I was in football, I weighed, in high school, I weighed 112 pounds as a freshman. So guess what they didn't put me? On the line. <laughs> but when I would hear the coaches talk to the, the linemen, one of the things that they would tell them is that you've got to get low and you've got to get leverage. When you're going up against the, the, the opponent, you've got to get leverage on them to be able to control the opponent. Leverage. In banking and finance, we leverage our resources. We will purchase investments that we believe are going to lead to greater investments. Maybe you buy a home and you fix it up and you're leveraging the little you have to be able over the long haul to bring back a greater return. Leverage. And so leverage is using what I have to be able to get a greater return. So when you have a, a, a stone and you want to pull up a stone out of the ground, you may stick a board and put a rock under it and you'll use the leverage of that board to be able to move that stone. Leverage. In our lives, we all have leverage. Everybody in this room has the ability to leverage your life to count for something. But what I've found, tragically, is that many of us don't understand how to use our leverage, or if we do, many of us misuse our leverage with other people. You ever find somebody that once they found out you made a mistake, they want to use that mistake against you as leverage in the negotiation, leverage in the next time that they want to get something from you. They, they conveniently drop a little hint that they know something, or, hey, do you remember when you fine, you know, <laughs> or, or in a, a marriage, maybe it might be, hey, uh, you know, Tolly, I'm going to buy this car because you bought that. Never, that never happened. That's never happened. That's never happened. Never, ever happened. But leverage, it, it's, it's using what you have to be able to get a greater gain. But many of us, we either don't use or we misuse leverage. Today, I want to talk with you about leverage. How can we leverage our lives? How can we leverage our gifts for his glory? How can we leverage the life we've been given to make the greatest impact for the greatest amount of time, for the greatest amount of people in our lives? When you stay selfish, you are not leveraging your life. When you soak it all in and soak it all up, when that becomes your primary mission just for me to get by, you are not leveraging your gifts and talents and strengths and resources. What you're doing is you're hoarding them. And sadly, sadly, inside of the church of the living God, inside the church, not outside, not pointing fingers at anybody else, inside the church of the living God, we often are not leveraging all that we have for the glory of God. And the world looks and just says, man, 
You, 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 you guys look to be about yourself. You look like you're, you're dressed sharp. You look like you live well. You look like you're well-fed and taken care of. Well, why, are, why are people right down the road starving? Why, why are people uh, halfway around the globe? How come they can't? As I was si- uh, sitting this week at our CGI meeting, we have a mission in, in uh, East Africa, and there's about 140, 160 kids in school and uh, 15 staff, and we've been just trying to leverage our resources over there. And so those conversations are amazing. We're sitting there this week, and the discussion was, how do we build a new business? How do we start and help feed the beginnings of a business so that the locals can have a whole economy boom up around them? What investment can we make that can be leveraged into something greater that's going to outlast all of our lives? Those are great conversations. Or we can just say, well, how do I, how do I get an in-ground pool? How, 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 do I, how do I build that deck? How, how, do I, how do I paint that fence? How, how do I do this thing over here? Or what if I withheld something and I made that kind of impact over there? Leveraging. Leveraging. How about your time? I uh, installed the Bible app on my uh, daughter's phone this week, and it's, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, we're going to leverage technology. If my kid wants to, to use some technology, we're going to leverage it. For the kingdom of God. I'm going to show her that you can go in and you can make beautiful things and do design work and, and draw up and find great encouraging quotes and put them out into the world so that your friends who are, who are wanting to check in on you, by the way, my wife and I approve all social content, all social media and all friends, just feel like I have to put that out there. And we've got a great app where at any time they mouth off, I hit a button, all of life stops. So Rest assured, while I'm telling the story, we have 100% lockdown control. We don't play. But anyhow, but in that story, we leverage even the things that they want to do for the glory of God. Leverage. Leverage. Archimedes, you might have heard this quote. He said this, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and I shall move the world. Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum in which to place it. I can move the world. Leverage. It's funny to me when I uh, talk with people, so many people, have you noticed, just get stuck. They just say, well, I, I can't do that because blank. And then they'll just tell you about the problem. As if that problem is the end of the world. Like no one else has ever faced that problem. No one else has ever had that challenge. And there's no solution to that particular challenge. But man, leverage says, no, no, no. There's a way to do it. But I might have to, to, to maneuver a thing or two. I might have to get a longer lever. I, I might have to get a fulcrum under it. I, I might have to pull down. And if uh, this is all the strength I have, how do I magnify that strength that I have? I, I get a longer fulcrum. And, and, and I put the strength on that end. And all of a sudden, it's magnified. What I can do for the Lord can be magnified if I'll take one or two or three more choices to get there. But so many of us are microwave Christians. It all has to happen tomorrow. It all has to happen in short time. It all has to give us a big return right away. I need to see where the nickels and and the pennies make sense for me tomorrow. And as a result, we don't really leverage the life we've been given. The image on the screen there that we're using comes from that idea of Archimedes' quote. Listen, church, I've been like you watching 
week after week. And uh, just this week alone, I'm realizing that the world needs Jesus. Fresh and anew. I mean, we could say that at any time in history, but man, if it is not now, it's never been. The world needs Jesus. I, I, I saw this, this quote from the, the British Foreign Secretary, Jeremy Hunt. He said, the persecution of Christians in parts of the world is at near genocide levels. According to a report ordered by British Foreign Secretary. Genocide. Simply because people claim the name of Christ. And on the other side of the world, it rains and we don't show up for church. It, the world needs us to leverage all we are for the glory of God on this earth. The world needs us to be able to take our faith seriously and say, Lord, what would you do with my education, my mind, my talent, my treasure, my relationships, the job that I'm in, the position I hold, the wisdom I've obtained, the network of people I know. How can I leverage this stuff for the glory of God? How can I leverage my life to matter? When it's all said and done. Leverage. Or, Lord, I'm just trying to get by. I, I just want a simple life. I just, I just want to be left alone. I, I, I just want to wake up tomorrow and have my coffee warm. And, and I don't want my neighbors to bother me. And I, I want some money in the bank so that I don't feel any stress. And I'd rather not be inconvenienced, Lord. So this morning, I'm going to pray for all green lights on the way to work. And like, this is the existence. This is the great God we serve. This is the outcome we're hoping to have because we know Christ. The world needs Jesus. Here in the United States, I could have given you a thousand examples, but I saw one this week that broke my heart. The U.S. needs Jesus. Representative John Rogers from Alabama. He literally said this. He said, some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now. Or you kill them later. You bring them into the world unwanted, unloved. And then you send them to the electric chair. So you're going to, you kill them now or you kill them later. Like, this disconnect has always bothered me. But when a politician says something that evil, that profane, that insane, it's not only an indictment on that politician. I hope you understand. It's an indictment on a society that would elect that person. Our, 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 our own state and city this week, back to back, I posted on social what's happening in our city. I, I, I got a text from Colleen the other day, and she said, Pastor, just letting you know, there was a stabbing right up against our church building. And this man was stabbed 10 times in the back. And, and, and then day after day, you pull stuff like this up. This was just from yesterday. Three men fatally shot, separate incidents, Friday, Baltimore police say. 
And, and that it's tragic that it's happening. But you know what's even more tragic? What's more tragic to me is that none of us are phased. And, and the church of the living God in Baltimore, the church of the living God in Maryland, is relatively silent. It's tragic. We're not leveraging the people in the pews. We're not leveraging the people of the book. We're not leveraging people to put the, 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 the best people that we have in civic office to say no. We're not going to be corrupt. We're not going to allow for, for our babies to be slaughtered in the streets. No, we're not going to allow for this to happen on our watch. No, you know what we do, the Christians in America? What we do is we say, oh, those people. Those people, when are they going to get their act together? Those people that live over there. And the biggest worry that we have is that those people move into our neighborhood. But the truth is, the problem, it's out there, around the world. It's down there in Alabama. It's here in Baltimore. The truth is, it's in my neighborhood. It's in my home. It begins with me. And, and, and I have to ask, you have to ask, we have to ask, am I leveraging all that I am and all that I have for the glory of God for all of eternity? Or do I have a different mission in mind than the one of Jesus? Before we can hope for Jesus to change the world, we have to let Jesus change us. Before we can hope, Jesus, change that, change that, pray for that, thoughts and prayers, comfort. Before we can ask Jesus to be doing anything with anyone else, the truth of the matter is, friends, we must ask Jesus to change us. We've got to look and say, hold on now, what am I doing in my sphere of the world? What am I doing wherever I walk and where I go and what I say and what I laugh at and who I comfort and, and my local school's PTA and the kids in our neighborhood? What am I doing to leverage what I have for the glory of God for all of eternity? Leverage. Leverage. I got an amen from the baby. <laughs> Verse 14, for it will be like a man. Look at this, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. I'm going to read you a parable, a story that you're well aware of. And what I want you to see is alignment. Alignment. If we're going to be leveraged for the glory of God, then we need to be aligned with what God wants for and from us. For it will be like a man going on a journey who calls to his servants and he entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents. Everybody say five talents. Five talents. To another he gave two. Everybody say two. And to another one. And to another one. Everybody say one. So we got five, two, and one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. He leveraged what was in his possession to the glory of God, 
to make what he had bigger than what the king had left and what the, 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 the owner left to him. Do you realize, my friends, that every single thing you have possession of, you are a steward and not an owner? You're a steward. It is a gift of God. Every good thing comes from God. And so everything I have, every relationship, every um, job, every position, every title, every, every penny that I have in my possession, every encounter that I have, every neighborhood, every friend, every, every person who would look up to me as a mentor or a role model, all of these I am to steward for the one who gave them to me. one who received five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had two talents made two talents more. He leveraged them. But he who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of these servants came home and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, and he brought five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five. Here I have made five more. The master said to him, Well done, good and faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful. Good and faithful servant. You have been what? Faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You have been what? Faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, <laughs> I knew you to be a hard man. Reap where you did not sow. Gather where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent into the ground. Here, you have what is yours. <laughs> but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful. Not faithful. Slothful servant. You know that I reap where I have not sown and gathered, where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him, give it to the one who has ten. For to everyone who has will be more given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Church, as I think about those of us that know Christ as Savior, as I think about the, 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 the blessing of God on the lives of the people in this room, do you realize the poorest person that's within the sound of my voice is still one of the richest people on the globe today. The poorest person sitting in this theater is still one of the richest people on planet Earth. That's pretty powerful to think about. 
And yet, we're not leveraging what we have for the glory of God. Well, we're, you, you might say, well, you know, uh, uh, here's the thing. I can't leverage what I have, Pastor. Like, I'm tired of hearing that I'm supposed to do something for God. I just need God to do something for me. I mean, look at me. I've only got one talent. And surely God understands. But the truth is, it's not about whether you have five talents or two talents or one talent. That's not even up for discussion. One of the most beautiful pictures in all of the scripture is the woman that's taking her two pennies. She can't rub, she rubs two pennies together and she's dropping them in. She's multiplying, she's leveraging her resource. But this isn't just a message about resource. It's a message about hope and encouragement. It's a message about what am I leveraging for the glory of God on this earth? How many people could go to heaven because I do what Miss Colleen does and I bring kids around me? You don't have to live in the hood to bring neighborhood kids to the front lawn and be able to help them out and encourage them. And if you see a little fight and argument between two kids, you pull up and you say, hey, my name is Mr. Smith and I live right there. And if you're ever having a rough day, I want you to, to come by and just ring the doorbell. I'll come out and talk to you guys. Or, hey, what, what, what do you guys need? You, you, when I was a kid, we used to build ramps. You guys want to build a ramp? Before long, you've earned the right to be heard. You're leveraging what you have. And the truth is, we don't like to admit it, but the truth is, we are blessed beyond our obedience. We are blessed way beyond our actual obedience. We're not leveraging what God's already given us, let alone we're still walking around every day somber and sappy, wanting God to give us more. And I'm not asking for hands, but how many of us would say, Pastor, I'm asking for more because, I mean, man, I've just really wore out for the kingdom of God everything he's given me. Like, is there anybody, I don't know if there's anybody in this room that could just be like, no, I really need more stuff because, man, I just wore through everything God gave me. All those relationships and all of that resource and my home has people in it constantly. And I'm entertaining angels because there's strangers in and out of my home. And, and I'm bringing in the poor. And, and I'm, I'm constantly just trying to find people in need. And I'm constantly trying to care for, for people. And you know what? It's not just poor people. Like, I'm trying to find people at, on my job site where, where I can talk to them about the Lord and talk to them about what they're going through. And, and there's this, this couple that comes to my house once a week and they're going through a marriage conflict. So I invited them to my home. I didn't just say, oh, that's real sad. I'll pray for you. I started to ask them to come have dinner with me and my family. Are we really leveraging everything for the glory of God? Or are we spending most of our time saying, God, I want more? I tell my son all the time, I would, not all the time, regular basis. But I tell him on a regular basis. I'm saying, I said, son, if I do what you want me to do right now, I would be a bad dad. And usually it's my son wanting more. Closets full, rooms dirty. Hey, dad, I need new clothes. No, you need a wash machine. You, you need to get your stuff down to the wash machine where your mother said she'll be glad to wash whatever clothes you bring to her. But she's not your maid. So go to school stinky. 
or carry your stuff down to the wash machine. Leverage what you have to get where you want to go. But if I bail you out all the time, I'll be a bad dad because I'll teach you that that bad habit you have is a good habit because you still get blessing in the middle of your bad, and that's not good. Do you follow? So we can't ask God, God, I want more relationships of influence. God, I want more resources for my bank account. God, I want a bigger home that I won't take care of or invite people to. I, did I say that out loud? I want more. And God says, no, no, no. Here's how this works. I want more of you. I don't want more of your stuff. I don't want more of of your sacrifice. I don't want more of, of your tears. I just want to know you more. And if I know you more, I'll show you that there's more that I've given to you than you are realizing right now. Because you're not yet using everything you have to leverage for the glory of God. I've given you five talents and you're acting like you only have one. And even those of us in this room where God's only given us a little, he didn't excuse. Wouldn't that be great? Like if you or I were God, you and I would just be like, oh, it's a comparison game. So of course I expect more out of the five. And of course I expect a little bit out of the two. But oh man, whoa. What were you? You only had one? We would do that, but God looks and says, listen, it's not about what I've given you. It's about what you're doing with what I gave you. What are you leveraging? What are you leveraging? As a pastor, I want you to understand, a church is nothing more than a group of sanctified sinners surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. A church is nothing more than a group of sanctified sinners surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. That's what a church is. It's not a logo. It's not a meeting place. It's not a building. It's not a budget. It's not a mission in Kenya. It is simply a group of us who are deciding to get together and we're all surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. At least that's what we profess. And when we profess that, this surrendering to the lordship of Jesus, Lord, you can use all of me and you can use all the stuff you've given me for your glory, for my good and your glory, for the good of the community I'm in and your glory. God, leverage all of it for my family and your glory. God, leverage all of it for the United States because I live here and your glory, for the kingdom of God on earth and your glory, for the people in East Africa and your glory. And all a church is, is a group of individuals who have bound together in the name of Christ, and we are surrendered for the world's good and his glory. Now, what makes us effective as a church? It's whether or not we are willing to be surrendered. We will only be as effective as we are effectively led of the Spirit of God. Our effectiveness is not measured in the amount of people that gather. You can gather a lot of manure in a room and it will still be a lot of manure. (laughs) You can gather a lot of salt all in one place and it'll still be a big pile of salt. In fact, Right now, spring, summer, 
fall, there are salt piles all around the beltway that you and I have no care for. They're all gathered in one spot. But the first time that you get asleep, the first time there's some ice on 695, what do you want that salt to be doing? Spread out. Now, what if you had a government official come to you and say, no, 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 calm down. Look at the amount of salt we've piled up. You're like, my car, my car. Stop, 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 stop. I'm a good official. Look at all that salt. You would be like, you people have lost your mind. We didn't pay for that salt to stay stay. Yeah. About that. Leverage. We will only be as effective as we are effectively led of the Spirit of God. What does that mean? It means that if you have surrendered your life and said, Jesus, leverage me for your glory. If you really mean it and you really pray it and you're sincere about it, when you say leverage me for your glory, he's going to say, invite that person into your home. My wife came home yesterday and almost in a confession voice, it was, it was really cute. She's beautiful. She said, she said, well, I listened to the Spirit today, honey. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I hope it wasn't the Spirit of Tiffany's. <laughs> but, but she said, she said I, I said, what did you do? She said, I, I paid for the people behind me. In the drive-thru. That's all. I was like, oh, glad I didn't ask for more. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But I really did go, uh, how much? <laughs> no, but what is it? That's what happens. Like when you're walking with the Spirit of God and you're really surrendered and you're saying, Lord, just use me. It doesn't have to be something that makes it to a platform or gets recorded on a video or gets shared around the world on Facebook. It could be as simple as simple. If, if you weren't married to a man who speaks for a living, it, it would just kind of go never to be known. You're surrendered to the glory of God. You're leveraging all you have and all you are for the good of God. I'm not fully living. Here's what you and I have to believe, and I'm done in just a minute. I'm not fully living until I'm fully leveraged. I'm not fully living until I'm fully leveraged. Over the next few weeks, I want to show you, but you could get ahead right now and you can read the book of Ephesians and you could find out that you were designed with a task in mind, that God created you actually to accomplish some stuff, to get some good works done. And he knew that before he designed you. How cool is that? Like when he put all of this together, now don't be jealous, but when, you know what I mean? All of this. I can't believe we're laughing. <laughs> but, but when God designed me, here's what's beautiful to understand. He designed me already thinking ahead of how I, my demeanor needed to be, what my drives would be, what my, my, my intellect would be, who he was going to network me with, where I was going to live, 
what time I was going to live on the history of the planet. The cities where I'd go. The people that would help me along. He designed me for a good work. So do you understand you and I, you want to live fully? You want that abundant life Jesus talks about in John 10, 10? You want that? You want that? Yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. No, you don't. Yeah, I want that. No, you don't. How do you know I don't want it? Because you're not leveraging all that you have and all that you are for the glory of God in your life. So if you want to feel fully alive, say, Lord, I want all this to matter. I, 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 I pull out my wallet. I, I want that to matter. I check my 401k and my bank. I want that to matter. I, I think about my friends. I pull up my, my, my favorites list on my phone. I want all of these people to matter. I want all their lives to be better. I, I think about my neighbors that I might not even know their names. I, I want it to matter that I lived in this neighborhood. The school system, whether or not I have kids down the street, here's what I promise you. You might not have kids, and you might say, well, if I ever have kids or if I ever get married, then I'll get involved. Garbage. They need volunteers. Then the teachers need some help. You say you want to feel important? Well, I need to get married. No, you don't. You need a volunteer somewhere. You want somebody to gush over you? Trust me. Trust me, you get married and they're going to be like, oh, you're real cute for about 100 days. And then it's like, pick up your drawers, you know. But if you want to feel validated, don't, don't, don't come in. Pastor, I can sing. I'm sure you can. I'm sure in the restroom, you sound amazing. But don't do it. If you want all that, guess what? You want to feel fully alive. The reason, what's there? What is it in me that's saying I still need to feel fully alive? Why? Because I'm not leveraging all that I have. I could go down to my local elementary school and say, hey, I got to be at work by this time. But I could come in before it starts and I'll help you with your lessons that day. Or I'll, I'll set up the room or, or I'll, I'll wipe down the chairs. Like, and, and guess what? There's going to be someone on this planet that looks at you and just says, that's a saint. Because they're leveraging what they have for someone greater. The story was about leveraging or losing. The one who had won, he ultimately lost it. He also lost his meaning and value and purpose and all that. So here's the real question for you and for I as we close. With all that I have, my time, my talent, my treasure, my energy, my life. I might have another 10 years. I might not have five years. I might have a year. I might, I might literally pass away on the way over to preach at our other campus. I don't know what I've got left, but I've got to ask the question, am I leveraging it or am I losing it? Am I leveraging it or am I losing it? Those of you that are in college, are you leveraging your time on the dorm? We've got football players from Towson. Are, are you leveraging, young men, the opportunity to be in that locker room where I'm not allowed to go? Those of you that work on staff at the colleges nearby, are you leveraging your time with students to invest in them and say a kind word? Those of us that are working in a job that sometimes people frustrate us, are we leveraging our influence in relationships to point people to Jesus? I can tell you one thing. There's no status quo 
You're leveraging it for the glory of God or you're losing it. And I don't want you to lose it. I want you to be in that number where God says, man, that person's faithful. I'm going to give more. And not going to give more so you soak it up. That's not how it works. He's going to give more so that you can leverage it again. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.